Uh, my name is Grinder. I am your host of JMC Chronicles, and we are here with episode 15. And I'm joined by some amazing guests. Uh, I'll let them introduce themselves here in a bit. But uh, I just wanted to let you guys all know that we are episode 15. Um, it's coming out a little bit later than usual. Usually it's at the um, third third week of each month. This uh, this past month, uh, obviously, we had Nishan, which is the topic and the theme of this episode. Um, we had Nishan where it's our, our high school uh, conference where kids from all across California come and enjoy the um, weekend, get to learn a bunch uh, about a new things that, you know, our community doesn't talk about. And it's just a good chance for them to, you know, build their network and get to new, meet new people from across the state. This year's topic was beyond the track. And we'll go a little bit into depth about like what beyond the track means and what it means to individually, like all of us, because we, you can say beyond the track and some people don't even know what the track is. So, you know, we'll get into that and each, each of us will share about a little bit about our weekend. But uh, yeah, like I said, this is, if you're watching this on YouTube, um, thank you for the continued support. If you're, if you're hearing us through our audio uh, platforms, thank you uh, for the continued support. We are growing each and every month and I can't um, thank all the listeners and all the subscribers and all the uh, downloaders enough, but uh, without further ado, I will let, um, I'll let Jessica introduce herself and then we can just, you know, pass it down and we'll one by one introduce ourselves. Yeah, um, sure. So thank you, Grinder, for that intro. Um, a little bit about me. Um, I'm a recent grad from UCLA, where I majored in molecular cell developmental bio. Um, and I'm currently a graduate student at Johns Hopkins. Um, and I'm majoring in regulatory science. And so I'm um, a part-time um, regulatory affairs specialist at Medtronic, uh, which is a medical devices company, um, but we'll get more into that later. I know at Nishan, we also talked about introducing ourselves and defining our, ourselves in ways that are, you know, beyond the track. And so um, in the spirit of that, um, I guess uh, I would also say that um, on the side, I'm a coffee enthusiast. Um, I like trying different coffee places around the Bay, around LA. Um, and um, yeah, uh, I don't, <laughs> I guess um, I still have to work on defining myself like beyond the track, but um, how about you, Praveena? Um, in the same spirit, I am a food enthusiast. I love checking out cool new restaurants. Um, I'm a car enthusiast, love JDM cars, um, and I'm a travel enthusiast. Um, but as for the on-the-track stuff, um, I graduated from uh, UC Davis in 2019. I'm currently in my gap years um, working as a clinical psychology researcher. And the goal at the end of my tracks is med school and medicine. All right, so um, I guess I'll take it from there. Thank you, Grinder, for having us. Really appreciate that. Um, so my name is Moko. I'm a third year student at UCLA. I'm studying econ, I'm minoring in accounting and labor studies. Um, and kind of on the aspect of beyond the track, I would say I'm pretty adventurous and I love nature. Uh, uh, I enjoy going camping, hiking, 
rafting, all those things like in the summer. Um, try to go every year, but lately we haven't been able to because like COVID and stuff like that. But um, plans beyond college and stuff like that, I'm actually really grateful to have been part of the discussion of beyond the track because even as a third year at UCLA, I'm kind of on the same page still. It's like, dang, like there's something that I thought I wanted to do, but now it's kind of like not sure where I really want to go. So I'm hoping to figure that out very soon as well. No, and I think uh, thank you guys all for um, sharing and introducing yourselves and especially in the different ways, because, you know, one of the things we did talk about this uh, on Nishan weekend was, you know, introducing ourselves doesn't really mean just introducing ourselves in terms of what college we go to, what our job is. Like we are so much more than just those things, but it's like something in our community is like, we have to introduce ourselves like that because like, that's the only thing that kind of matters. And, you know, that was, that's one of the things that we try to expand on for, especially for like high school kids, because we don't want them to get into the thing of like, the only thing that defines them is like what their job is or what their like school is. Um, But I've, introduce myself every single episode but i'll introduce myself in a different way here as well i'm a podcast enthusiast uh hence why we started this podcast and uh i host it uh i'm also a nature enthusiast i love hiking i love getting outdoors um i think that's my one way to kind of give myself a break from everything else because everything else i do is indoors so you know going outside being in nature is something that i enjoy and it gives me um a mental break from everything and yeah there's so much more i also love going to new restaurants ever since i've come to davis i usually try to like try a new day a new restaurant every single week um that's just like you know something to try to get myself out there and also just you know explore what's out there here in davis um but yeah i think that <laughs> i've introduced myself many times but that was a different way of introducing myself um but Moko, I'll, I'll start off with you. And I, you know, you talked a little bit about, you know, being in UCLA, it's your third year and, you know, being involved in these conversations. How did you like initially hear about Jakarta and like as a whole, like Jakarta movement as a whole and like to go even one further like that. And then how did you like end up hearing about Nishan and like applying to be a facilitator? Um, so basically I did hear about Jakarta in high school and stuff like that when obviously like Nishan was happening, uh, people from my school and like uh, people that I knew would go. Uh, but I didn't really get involved in it then. Um, but when I came to UCLA, actually, I became really good friends with Harmon, who works at Jakarta. Everybody knows him. Um, and so he was a fourth year at the time, and I was a first year, and he was uh, kind of starting up JMC at UCLA at the time. And he was really trying to get me involved with Jakarta. And like uh, that was actually the first time he told me about Nishan. He wanted me to come that year as well. Uh, but things just didn't line up well, and I wasn't able to come that year. COVID happened the next year um, and so didn't attend the online one um, but this year around Harmon was really on hounding me about like kind of coming this year and uh, we actually were having like the beyond the track conversations prior uh, to even knowing what the um, theme was this year so I guess everything worked out timing worked out and so I uh, came to Jakarta this year and I uh, actually so came to Nishan this year and kind of started getting involved more with Jakarta. And honestly, I'm really grateful for that. And I really wish that I listened to Harmon my first year and also even like got involved earlier in high school. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, I joined like five years ago and I'm just like beyond thankful and will forever be thankful for, you know, joining all those years past. But um, 
Ravina, I just, you know, want to extend the same question to you. Like, how did you get involved with Jakarta or how did you even hear about Jakarta movement? And then to go on further, obviously, again, to like, how did you hear about Nishan and end up facilitating? Yeah, so I actually didn't get involved with Jakarta until after college. Um, my high school didn't have an SS- SHSS chapter. Um, I went to Yuba College and then Davis and Jakarta really hadn't gotten big at those schools yet. So I didn't know about it. Um, So when everything was happening with the farmer protest, I, like many others, was glued to my phone, always looking at updates, and a bunch of Jakarta posts on Instagram popped up. So I started looking into it. I went to one of the SAC missile meetings, and then I was basically hooked after that. Um, Nishan, same thing. Um, I'd hear about it on Instagram, in missile meetings. And at first, I was really hesitant because I'm a bit of an introvert. I'm really shy when I meet new people. So I was like, do I really want to do this? Um, I don't know. And then Mandeep, the Sacramento community organizer, reached out to me. was like, hey, I think you should do this. And I was like, well, I can't say no now. Let's do it. And so I signed up. Yeah. And, you know, I'll, I'll let you, could you just go a little bit in depth? Because I know we've talked about JMC because I've been a part of it for the last couple for the last two years now and i've you know explained a little bit what jmc is do you mind sharing a little bit about like sac missile and like what that is and like you know who can join and like the work that you guys do being the sac missile absolutely um so the missile is basically everything after college um so once people graduate college it's a way for them to still keep in touch with jakarta keep in touch and you know serve the community Um, And it's really cool because, you know, after you graduate, people get careers, people start families, there's so many other things going on. So with the missile, it's you put in as much time as basically you want to. Um, There's no commitment or anything like that. So it's really convenient for people out of college to still be able to be involved, but also keep up with everything else that's going on in their lives at the time. Um, A lot of the stuff we do in the missile is really member led. our members will just get these awesome ideas that they'll bring up in missile meeting and the rest of us will be like, Hey, yeah, let's do it. So we've done um, educational events over zoom on things like mental health and domestic violence awareness. Um, We're hoping to do things in person, COVID willing in the near future. Um, Just a lot of ways in general to help the community once you're done with high school and college. Yeah. Um, funny story is that I was, I was actually, I went to the first ever SAC missile meeting that we had. It was me, Mandeep, the uh, Sacramento community organizer and two other people. There was a total of like four of us. And we met at uh, Roosevelt Gordwara. It was, you know, it was good to see like something was starting to happen there. And, you know, all props to uh, Mandeep for, you know, pushing for it and like going forward with it, even though like, you know, there's only a couple people that turned out in the beginning and, you know, he was persistent within and it's become something to where uh, I see usually on like the on on Instagram that like the SAC missile is doing so many different things, you know, a conversation around mental health um, and, you know, other workshops and getting to know one another, which is I think is key because like we feel like like our network building ends after college which is like completely false. Like your network is just starting to build in college. And then after college is where you actually start building it even more. But like, there's this misconception of like, 
like college is going to be like the last point where you get to meet like new people. And after that, it's just going to be like work people that you're only going to work, like no like work friends that you're only going to meet at like work. But like, it's kind of more than that. And, you know, that's what the SAC missiles goal was to like try to bring in people that have already graduated that might not have like the chance because JMC was not on their campus or it was starting when they left to like bring them back in and have them help out and help their community and give back to them in some way. Um, and then lastly, I'll throw it to you, Jessica, about how did you hear about Jakarta Movement and, you know, how did you get involved and how did you end up coming to Nishana and being a facilitator? Um, yeah, so the way I heard about Jakarta is very similar to Mukul. Um, Harman taught me, like, uh, or introduced me to the work that Jakarta was doing back in college. Um, and I remember he tried to start a JMC at UCLA, too. Um, so I heard about Jakarta that way. And then I was also um, introduced to the work that they were doing for high schoolers in terms of um, their college events um, that they hold for high schoolers, like um, the uh, different different colleges, like people will come from different colleges and, and give their perspectives um, based on their experiences. And so I was involved in a couple of those events. And then as for Nishan, um, again, like Carmen introduced me to what Nishan was and that it was like an opportunity to be able to share your perspectives um, and facilitate these, you know, uh, very difficult conversations uh, with high schoolers. And I think that um, with any opportunity that I'm involved in with Jakarta, it's always been an opportunity to uh, give to high schoolers or give to the youth what I wish I could have had back in the day um, to be able to have uh, mentorship and and to have um these these spaces where uh i know that i'm not alone in any of the things that i'm facing in life i think i would have really liked that as a kid and so i really appreciate being able to have spaces like that for the youth as as they're growing up um so yeah yeah and you know a lot of people when you hear like folks now or they're like you know as Pravina, folks that were able to, you know, be part of Jakarta or have this type of support when they are going through the process, they like the one thing I keep hearing is repetitive is like, oh, I wish I had this and, you know, my time. And that's, yeah. and that's something I think brings all of us back. Like, you know, all of us volunteered to go to Nishan and become facilitators. And for those who not don't know what a facilitator is, we basically facilitator is that you're in charge of our you you and some and a co-facilitator have a group of kids high schoolers for the weekend where you get into like smaller groups of like eight to ten um high schoolers and you have kind of a open space for those for those high schoolers to kind of open up and share about like about specific topics that you know we're taught and we do training for uh and we get into those small groups for an hour hour and a half and we really just allow the high schoolers to have a voice in that time and space and then give them the space to say whatever they want. Um, and that like those are where you get a lot of um, openness from uh, from high schoolers where, you you know, usually if you just go up to a high schooler and you start asking, like open up, they they immediately shut away and then they, they like run away as fast as possible. So, like, you know, having these spaces is very crucial for high schoolers. And that's more or less what facilitating and facilitating groups are. So um, Jessica, I just, the, I just wanted to ask you like, so how was your facilitator groups? Like, and what's something like, you know, you took away from your group? Because for me, when I do facilitating, I've done it now three times. 
I've always learned so much from the high schoolers themselves, which is like something that I think we don't realize is like, you know, high schoolers, even though they're young, they can still teach or have a perspective that you never thought of. And that in some way is learning. So I just wanted to ask you like, what's something like how your group was uh, in the weekend? What's something that you took away from your, like your group discussions? Mm -hmm. Right. Like um, my group, I would say like, um, I mean, they were great. They were very like quiet and shy, you know, on the first day. And then the second day they really opened up as, as the conversations got deeper um, it's just like you said, like, you know, they're very young, but at the same time, they're so much more mature um, than I think that they give themselves credit for. Um, and there's a lot that we can learn um, from them, even engaging in those tough conversations. We think that we're facilitating conversations with them, but in reality, you know, there's so much to learn in the way that um, they start interacting with each other and, and back with you when you're asking them those tough questions. And so one thing um, that I really learned from them is that, um, sorry, uh, you, um, okay. I cut out. Um, yeah. But um, I think one thing that I you can learn from them is that like these conversations that we're having, these topics, like they're very difficult, they're very tough, but um, they span beyond um, generations um these sort of um I guess you could say like the struggles um they are kind of universal when you talk about it whether it's like the struggle for you know political liberation when we talk about deep Sidhu, whether it's the you know the struggle with um you know with the um struggle with like drugs when we had the fentanyl topic things like that I think that these topics are so multifaceted and they're so um they 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 sort of impact each other and you can see that in in the way that these kids open up about their own like you know their own personal like histories they have like family members who've been through these things they've had friends uh who've gone through a lot of things and so um i think that's one thing that i definitely took away from my group is that um you think that you may have gone through these things but you know even it's crazy to think that even these kids who are like so much younger have also been through um uh and and have experience with like the topics that we're talking about yeah totally i mean we were co-facilitators so you know everything you just echoed i i I witnessed these the entire thing myself so i mean i can't say it any better than you said it um but bravina i just wanted to ask you the same question about like how your group was what's something that you took away from this weekend or like from your discussions with like you know your high school kids um and what like basically stood out to you this on that weekend my group was amazing um you know we went over really tough topics to talk about uh, intergenerational trauma mental health and these students had known me and my co-facilitator less than 24 hours before they were saying lots of things about their own experiences, experiences in their family, some really good self-reflection going on in these t- chats. And I think the biggest things that I took away from this is I was just in awe of how much they've already thought about these things and are thinking about ways to move our community forward and the work that needs to be done um, and just 
really the power of having such a safe, non-judgmental place to just talk and have these really important conversations. It was, it was really powerful. And even though it was just two days, we learned so much about each other. Um, and, you know, that's, that stays with you for a long time, those conversations. Yeah. And I mean, I just, I think I've mentioned it in early in the episode, but like all three of you, this was your guys' first Nishan, right? If I'm being from my knowledge, right? So it's like for you guys, you guys are experiencing this whole thing for the first time. And that's, that was one of the reasons why I wanted to have all of you on is to give a kind of a first time um, viewpoint of, of Nishan, um, especially from a facilitator standpoint, because believe it or not, facilitators take away just as like we might not take as much away as high schoolers are because they're learning so many new things but we take away so many things that are on a personal connection level with with high schoolers and even with like the topics themselves we're not no experts of the topics that are being held there um i think even every single shot i go to i start questioning what i'm like what my thought process is especially hearing different viewpoints hearing different things that are out there for us so because sometimes like the high schoolers look to us like we have all the answers in life um that's far from the truth unfortunately like i wish i had all the answers to to life uh i don't uh, i don't think uh, any of us do so um we're more or less in the same boat and i think that kind of speaks volumes and Praveena, like you said like you know these conversations lead to so much more and to have these conversations for them at such like a younger age than where we're at is just, you know, starts the conversations even at, at an earlier stage that can continue for so much longer. Uh, and then Mokul, I just wanted to ask you lastly, like how your facilitator group was and what's something that you took away from your group and your discussions. Thank you. Um, I just, also, first, before starting, I just want to shout out my co-facilitator Simran. I mean, it was my first time uh, facilitating, so I was a little bit of a daunting experience, but uh, she made it really easy and um, it was super dope. Uh, but kind of picking back off of what you said, Jessica said, and Bravina said, like, um, my group was also a bit timid at first. Um, and this kind of lasted through both days, um, maybe like a quieter group. But once one person had started to initiate the conversation, kind of um, chimed in on what they think, uh, then people started opening up, which was super cool to hear here because uh, at that point we were able to get like um like really fruitful conversations um i think one big thing that i took away and this is kind of adding to what jessica and Bravina said is that despite the fact that a lot of us have these like similar lived experiences at home um whether that be for like mental health or the intergenerational trauma and bad habits we talked about um for me there were so many things that uh like the students mentioned because mentioned that like i didn't even knew that I didn't even think to think that these fell into these, uh, I guess, categories for the lack of a better word, um, because, you know, I, I even I had learned that these things were so normal and like this is how things were supposed to be. Um, and despite those similar experiences, too, it was really eye opening to see how uh, unique each student kind of like uh, reacted to or dealt with or talked about these things like everyone bought like their own, you know, like nugget of uh, life, I guess, to the. Um, conversation yeah and I think again like Jessica can speak a little bit more and I'll let her talk a little bit more about this um, like our group you know we had folks in the beginning that kind of seemed like they were into it you know first they didn't want to like you know open up 
but then as like as our first day went on and um they started opening up a little bit more especially to our second day it was like i was me and jessica obviously we like debriefed afterwards talking about it this was like my first time where after like we've we've been together for so long as a group like they were actually like upset that that this was going to be like our last time together which you know usually you have your nishan withdrawals as the whole weekend but this is like my first time seeing like a group get like, like upset because like when i told them when i announced that like our last workshop was our last workshop together like i could hear like an like the sadness in the whole room and they were all upset and you know jessica i'll let you talk a little bit more about like you know our group talking about like how they opened up and having these conversations, you know, or one of the conversations, one of the first, like on the first day we talked about mental health and discrimination. And the second day we talked about allyship and I'll let you, you know, talk a little bit more about that. Yeah. I mean, um, with our group, it's crazy because they're very quiet. Um, you know, they're still very young and we always say that like, oh, like, you know, they just haven't lived the experience yet. And so, you know, they may not be able to relate to the topics that we are presenting, especially because those topics can be so tough. Like, you know, when we're talking about mental health or, um, you know, like drugs or alcoholism, things like that in our community. Um, but honestly, I think that even when the students are like quiet, they're just absorbing everything like a sponge. Like they are listening to everything. They're listening to your experiences. Um, uh, they're listening to the facilitators, you know, in our group lectures, and um, they're really internalizing those topics because at the end of Nishan, just like how you mentioned, like they were very upset that it was ending. Um, but later on, like individually, I had I like learned from all of them. They all came up to me, and you know, they were like, "Oh, like you know, it's crazy that we talked about so and so, such and such a topic because I've been through this." And um, you really hit a string with me here because, um, you know, this topic means so much to me. And so you really had an impact on me here. And so, you know, despite them like being quiet all weekend, you know, they're listening and they're they're internalizing all of these things. And hopefully, I mean, um, you know, hopefully they take these topics and these conversations with them beyond just this weekend. Um, but yeah it's it's so like rewarding to have them uh in a way like upset at the end because you know it's like i know that i'll miss you but it's so nice to know that you'll actually miss <laughs> me now too it, it makes it feel like you know it makes everything worth it it makes you know opening up about these like hard topics and things yeah. like that like you feel like you've actually made a tangible difference uh if only for like two days yeah, a hundred percent. Like, you know, gave me it gives us like a little bit like as facilitators, you know, you don't know how much you want to open up, how much you don't want to open up, mm-hmm. how much you want to bring somebody else to open up, you know. Am I, and then you start thinking like, oh, am I pushing this person too much? Am I pushing this person too less? Like, you know, right. there's a fine line of like of that. And I you guys, you guys can all talk about this, but like for me, because I facilitated in the past, like I kind of knew where that fine line was, and I was like. And Jessica, you can, you were there and you witnesses, like mm-hmm. I started opening up a little bit myself to like my own person. Like I try to relate to the topic as much as I could. And then right. that way that gave them like a set of example of like, okay, this person's opening up to us that we can open up to this person as well in this setting as well, because they're comfortable in like opening up and they're trusting us to keep their secrets or like they're mm-hmm. or trusting us to like, you know, keep the space in that space only. So, um, and especially again, like the co- topics we talk about are not 
easy topics and Pravina or Mokul, either one, uh, I'll put, you know, either one you guys, guys can go first, but uh, one of the, were like one of the workshops that like, you know, stood out to you or like you guys were surprised that like the high schoolers kind of opened up more than you had initially thought because um, when we, me and Jessica were like game planning or like thinking about like what we can do, we can only like prepare so much. It's only like when we get into it and like, you know, into that moment, into that workshop, like we'll see where it goes. And, you know, I just wanted to hear like what workshop was it for you guys to where you guys realized that, okay, like, you know, there's a lot here that we can, you know, talk about and deep dive, deep, um, dive deeper into basically. And Praveena, if you want to start first. I think for me and my group, it was the advocacy and allyship workshop. Um, unfortunately, I think everyone at some point in their high school experience sees bullying, sees something going on that shouldn't. Um, and we really just started out sharing those experiences, what we'd seen, um, what maybe we ourselves had experienced, and then going into the ways that you can be an ally for others if you see something happening they really got into it. You could tell that they were paying attention, that they were really looking at the different options and how they could apply it um, in real life. And at the end, um, my co-facilitator Harmon and I let them do a skit to kind of practice putting that into effect and being allies. And they just got so into it. You could tell they were really trying to, you know, come up with a plot and be really good allies. So I was just really proud of them and I, I could see that this they were learning things that they were going to take into the future and apply and that really meant a lot. That's that's uh, that's so great to hear especially like you know improvisation like we said like you can game plan as much as you want for these workshops but like something just happens and then you like you know you think of ideas at the moment and as your guys' first time facilitating, you guys could have like been a little bit shy. You know, I don't shy away from like trying to improvise as much, especially like because you just don't know where the conversation is going to go or like how much your group's going to open up. Um, I can share a little bit about like our group when we were talking about our discrimination uh, workshop. I did not know and I was not ready whatsoever to like have our group like. At, like each of them were raising their hands at like different points like like everybody wanted to speak everybody wanted to share and we did like I know we were talking about discrimination in so many different levels but everybody like all the groups started sharing about like their gender discrimination in our community which is very prevalent and it's something that still happens like to this day and heavy and heavy amounts and so like to see like you know and I'm a little bit older than these kids, obviously. So like, I thought it was a little, it would be like a little bit less, like, you know, as because, you know, we're growing up here, things are changing with the time or, you know, you think those things, but like to have the high schoolers, like wanting to share out and like each of them was like raising their hands over and over again to like, just talk about a different story or what they've seen family wise, you know, friends wise at the Gordura, what they've seen. It was like, kind of, for me, it was eye-opening and it took, like, I just sat back and started listening and, you know, I just wanted to hear everything they had to say. And I wanted to let, let them get a chance to speak as well, because like I said, when, when I brought up the workshop, it, at first they were kind of like hesitant to speak. And then all of a sudden, when like one person shared and two, like two people shared, all their hands started going up. And for that, for me, that was like the workshop. I was like, okay, this, like, you know, this group is going to be able to, you know, share and also take and listen to one another as well and then Mokul, i'll ask you what i asked Pravina. um 
what workshop for you stood out from that weekend? You know, what workshop like kind of opened your eyes a little bit seeing like, oh, like, you know, the kids really are engaged in this conversation. Oh man, I think the when you asked Praveen that question, the first thing that I thought, of, thought, thought about was exactly what you were talking about. Um, the discrimination and prejudice kind of workshop. And uh, it was really dope to see even in the big uh, group discussion where we were all in the lecture hall, where how kind of people were thinking really critically about even the smallest of like kind of microaggressions to like the biggest things um, that kind of plague our kind of world today. And um, I felt like these uh, students were really far ahead from where I was at their age. And that was super cool to see for sure. And it, it was also something that I realized while sitting in that lecture that I wish that these topics, these the important topics are things that I wish I had discussed or been encouraged to talk about or learn about uh, with my community, like kind of where I grew up with my friends and things like that, because um, I feel like that really changed, changes the trajectory of like how um, kind of people think and talk as they grow up for sure. Um, and focusing on like my group uh, itself everyone's very engaged with this uh conversation more than the others and kind of chimed in with their personal experiences or things that they had seen in their happen in the real world and one thing that we were we went really in depth about was the example about the police officer um where if you had seen like the police on the street like how would you react and you know what steps would you take to engage and whatnot and this really allowed us to have deeper conversations about the systems behind those things. And it was cool to hear them talk about and kind of provide their perspective and also allowed me for kind of to share my perspective on it as well, which is uh, super cool. Yeah, um, again, thank, thank you all for sharing as much as you guys are, because I think these are conversations and, you know, I think we said we talked about how you know we want to keep these conversations just not at nishan or that weekend we want the high schoolers to take these conversations and take them to their houses start the conversations with their parents start conversations with their friends that didn't come to nishan this is the only way we'll be able to go forward as a community is if we carry these conversations because at nishan we only had around 100 to 120 kids so like that's not the whole community right that's there's so many more people out there that are not involved in these conversations or not even thinking about these conversations so having these 120 even if they go reach out one person that's already double the you know amount of people before nishan that were thinking about these topics you know about mental health which is something that you know this podcast has has had multiple episodes about because I'm very passionate about mental health. I think that mental health awareness is is key. And it's something that, you know, as a whole general world and a community, like a whole wide world community doesn't even still understand to a, a, to a certain extent. But even like our Punjabi community, even less than that, like it's very minute or not relevant at all. So that's why, you know, taking these conversations and taking them one step further is the goal. Uh, of this podcast and the goal of hopefully that every student does um, after they leave Nishan. And so I think, uh, Jessica, I'll let you share what stood out to you from our discussions as well. Um, because I know we talked in depth, we talked in depth about like, you know, our group. So I'll let you share a little bit about like, you know, your experiences in the group and what stood out to you. Yeah, I mean, just to like echo off what everybody else has said, like, I think the discrimination talk really hit a chord with these students because, you know, we mentioned it uh, in one of the group lectures that, 
you can simultaneously be the oppressor and the oppressed um, at, at the same time. And so I think everybody in that room at some point in their lives has, um, you know, be, has been the victim of oppression in some way, and they've also witnessed others be oppressed, you know. And so um, whether we are talking about, you know, gender discrimination, caste discrimination, um, these are things that um, are super prevalent, like especially in our Punjabi community. And so with our students, I think we had uh, five girls and uh, two guys. And so the gender topic was definitely like something that we touched on a lot. Uh, the guards in our um, group loved sharing out, you know, in my experience, uh, you know, this has happened, this is how my family, you know, operates. And it's it's crazy because they were bouncing ideas off each other, their experiences, they were like, oh, you know, I've, I've heard that too, the same, you know, I've heard my parents say this too. I've heard, you know, my fua, my fofu, you know, um, and so it's it's so nice to be able to, you know, have these spaces where they know that they're not alone in in, in facing that discrimination or in witnessing it, um, where they know that uh, the people around them, you know, whether it's the same age or even you know, hearing us and our experiences, um, that this is a struggle that is intergenerational, and that um, you know, whether it's caste or gender, that it's on us and it's our responsibility now to be breaking and like to be talking about these topics and breaking those intergenerational curses right um but yeah it was it was amazing to be able to talk about especially cast um in our group lecture i know um manit was like very passionate about uh caste discrimination and so i think the kids picked up on that um and uh, they picked up on their energy, and uh, that was definitely carried over into our our group discussions. And so, um, but yeah, I think um, hearing these these conversations, and then also you know imbuing some gurmat, some gurbani into it too. I think the kids uh, it, it really fueled and made for a, a really good space to engage in. Yeah, and you know. I think we can all agree that the that weekend was like very special to us in our own different ways because you know we all had our own different facilitating groups we had our own discussions but the learning aspect of the weekend brings us all together like to come as one I, I, like at the end of the day at Nishan because like you know at the end of the day we're all coming to have and facilitate these conversations especially us as facilitators here like we volunteer our time we take time out of our you know schedules and go out there for a weekend to have these conversations, learn and get to know these high schoolers and be something to them. Um, I mentioned this in an earlier podcast before, like why I went to, why I continue to keep going to Nishan over and over again, every single year, this, this past one was my fifth one, um, which it's insane to think back that I've been to five already. Right. But I think for my, when I was as my first one was as a participant and it really left a mark on me in terms of the facilitators and the older, older people and the older folks that were there uh, as my time as a participant. And they instilled some confidence into me that I carry with me to this day. And the reason why I go back every single year is to try to be that for somebody else. And I think um, I kind of saw that happen before my eyes. Uh, one of our, um, one of our high schoolers in our group 
it was lunchtime and everybody else, when I had said that it was lunchtime, everybody else ran out, but he stayed back and he still wanted to ask me more about like open up me about my, myself. And, you know, that made me really happy and also like very emotional because I was like, somebody is staying back because, you know, everybody else ran out the door when, when they heard that lunch was ready, but he stayed back and he wanted to talk to me and ask me more questions about my own personal life and how much I was opening up. So like that made me really happy. And that like, I kind of saw that like, you know, I am trying, I am here and I'm instilling some type of confidence or like, you know, helping somebody out this weekend. And that made my entire weekend worth it. I was like, even after that, I was like, you know, my, my weekend's been made already by this just simple conversation. Him just staying back for like two, three minutes has made my entire weekend. So I was like, anything else after this is just, you know, it's just extra. And I, you know, would be happy. Like I would just be even more happy than I would. I happier than I already am. So but, you know, all of us ch- touched on about a welcoming, having this welcoming space, especially creating this welcoming space in our facilitating groups. I just want to ask you now this question to you guys is like how describe like how you guys felt this at Nishan. Like, did you guys feel at home? Did you guys feel welcome? Was there any times where you like, you know, coming into it, you might have thought like, did something's change? You know, you're coming in, you might have been like, oh, I don't know if like people are going to talk to me. I don't know if I'm going to be an outcast. You know, sometimes coming to these events, especially at this scale, you can be like, oh, I'm probably just going to be somebody that like nobody like, you know, remembers or nobody talks to or nobody's like, you know, pay attention to. But like, you know, Mocha, I'll let you start a little bit because um, I will, we got a chance, chance to talk a little bit and, you know, I could see how excited you were like every single day when I got to see you or get to like meet and talk to you every single day. So I'll let you like, start off and thinking about like you know coming into the event what were you thinking and like you know at the event where you were thinking what's like now looking back what is what's your thoughts um so kind of going into it i think the first question that i asked Harmon was like do you think i can do it you know like um i kind of have some trouble talking in public spaces and like i'm a little shy at first as well and so like i definitely think it was a very like kind of like i mentioned before kind of like a daunting experience like i thought it would be like a daunting experience but uh honestly it was absolutely amazing from start to finish. I think um, uh, having only going in, knowing like two or three people and like Jessica was one of them. Um, uh, I found myself kind of really gravitating towards them, like at the, towards the beginning of the weekend, but um, towards the end, I could like, I was able to make other connections with whether students or staff, facilitators, volunteers, and whatever it may be. And so I think that was super cool. Uh, but this was like my, like beyond that this is like my first time in like a, a like a sixth space at this like level and um it felt like really felt really right and it really felt like a home for sure and um like i mentioned that like our debrief after as well like um i'm definitely hooked and like i definitely want to be back in these spaces and back with these people like year after year or event after event for that matter yeah see you at the next five nishans right i'll be there Hopefully, <laughs> you know, five, I already went to five, hopefully five more. Uh, Praveena, I'll, uh, because you've had a little bit, uh, you said like, you know, before or like during college, you didn't really, you know, was involved with Jakarta, but you've recently been with the SAC Missile and, you know, you can talk about more, like you can talk about both, like, you know, Deshaun and how you felt at Deshaun and also how you feel like, you know, incorporating with the SAC Missile, because I know it's a little bit daunting to, you know, at, at Nishan, it's more like high schoolers, but at SAC Missile is like a little bit older folks. So, you know, you can dive into either one or both. I would love to hear both, to be honest. 
Yeah, um, I can start out with Nishan. So like I mentioned before, I can be very shy when I meet new people. So going in, I was like, I only know two people. What am I going to do? There's so, so many people that I don't know. Um, I was messaging my co-facilitator, who I also had never met before. Um, shout out to Harmon. He was like, yeah, I've done this before. I know what I'm doing. And I was like, thank you. <laughs> you know, you got this. I'll just be here supporting you. Um, but when I got there, it was so welcoming. It honestly was amazing support from both like other facilitators, students. I was like, wait, no, I've got this. Like I can actually co-facilitate instead of kind of taking a little bit of a backseat. Um, and I'd been in so many spaces before where they say, oh yeah, we want to make everyone feel included but it doesn't really happen. Um, but at Nishan, you know, I saw people going out of their way to go check in with people who were sitting by themselves or maybe like seemed lonely. And it's just that extra effort to make everyone feel included. And like Mukul said, there was a connection there that, you know, you really felt like you were part of the space, part of the group that um, was perfect for my little introverted heart. So, um, that for me was definitely not what I expected in the best way. Um, and then when it came to the SAC missile, yeah, I was new to Jakarta, didn't know anything about it. Going to my first meeting, I was panicking um, because, you know, there's people from all walks of life. There are people who just freshly got out of college, people who have an established like career and family already. Um, so it was daunting to say the least and I was like "Ooh, I'm just gonna sit back and uh, observe for a little while um but I got pulled into conversations left and right and it was amazing and there was just this energy of like we still want to be a part of the community we still want to stay connected we still want to make a difference and so before I knew it um we were all bouncing ideas off each other hey we can do this hey the community needs this hey you know this would be a great idea. Cool, let's make it happen. It's like that energy is very central to Jakarta, whether you're looking at like the SHSS, the JMC, the missile, it's everyone's, everyone's there voluntarily. Everyone's there because they want to be there and they want to make a difference. And that's just so good for someone coming in new and not knowing a lot. You just feel so welcomed so quickly. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest thing is like, no matter what level you join at, as long as you join, that's the biggest thing, right? Don't be like, oh, uh, like, I mean, I'm so happy that Provina, like you joined the SAC missile because that was, that was something that that was incorporated like not too long ago. And so, you know, they, we, these are new things to keep people coming back because people they, for grad students, uh so for some reason like grad students are not considered like college kids almost sometimes like when you're at clubs and stuff like that like you know you're seen as these like people that like you can't come and like chill with the undergrads or whatever so it's like you know the second missile allows for folks that maybe you're you're just taking gap years or you've graduated your undergrad but you still want to be a part of it but you don't have like a you know a college campus to call home anymore so this that, that was the whole point behind the SAC missile. So I was like, it's just so happy to see now like where it's going. And like, you know, I had a couple um a couple people that were a part of our um antelope SHS SSHS recently. Um we started it like four four years ago now, five years, I think now. And back then it was like 
it was brand new territory for all of us. We had never even understood what Jakarta was. And as high schoolers, we were trying to make these campuses or like these clubs at our campus. And it was just, you know, a daunting task to have for like high schoolers. But like, you know, years later for me to come back and have a podcast with somebody that's been at that club now and see like, you know, how much they're taking what we like, we basically started all those years ago and what they've done now going forward is like, it made me happy again because it just goes to show you that it doesn't matter where you start, when you start, as long as you do start and you leave some type of like path for somebody else to come, somebody else will like, somebody else will take what you did and go the extra mile after that. So thank you for, you know, sharing for both your Nishan experience and your SAC missile experience, because I think those are two very key things. And then Jessica, I'll ask you lastly about, you know, describe how you felt coming into Nishan, how you feel like, you know, after being there and, yeah, I'll let you let you uh, share. Yeah, I mean, the environment, just going in, starting off, like the first minute that you enter that space, it's so loving. Like everybody wants to meet everybody. Everybody's looking to make friends. Like random people will come up to you um, and it's encouraged to have just conversations about just anything. And so it's such an amazing like space uh, connecting with people. Um, I mean, like I already knew Mukul, but, you know, I, I got to spend time with him and have these conversations with him this weekend. I got to meet you, Grinder, uh, Pravina, right? Like, um, I, I feel like you can connect with people on a whole different level just because that's the kind of space that it is. And, and same with like the high school students as well. And I think it's really interesting because as a facilitator, or as, at least as a first time facilitator, like it's interesting because you're trying to you know, you're taking in this very new space, but you're also uh, in a position of like leadership. And so we're like, kids are looking to you for, um, for answers. And so you're trying to strike this balance between being new in the space, like also being a student in the space while being in charge of students and, and facilitating their conversations. But I think the nature of like this space being so open and, and vulnerable, um, it, it definitely helped find that like that balance um but yeah it, it was amazing like I didn't know what to expect going in but it exceeded like all expectations like everybody's so nice like everybody's so welcoming everybody is so open to hearing your stories and interested in hearing your experiences that um you can't really find that kind of energy anywhere else and I feel like that's definitely something that's going to draw me to future events, like future Jakarta events too. Yeah. And it always, you know, Brina has said like Harmon being her uh, co-facilitator, you know, having somebody there to like kind of, you know, I don't want to say guide, but like, you know, always be there for you to like lean on no matter what, you know, I just go, I'll let you talk because, you know, we talked about this, but at some point, like, you know, I stepped back, and let you just run things and you know I kind of like threw in the deep end but like you know you're just amazing and you were able to cope and you did an amazing job with it and you know getting to know you this weekend was like beyond amazing because before then you know we had talked because you had come on to be our UCLA um, representative when we did our virtual college tours last year uh, where we basically held Zooms and we invited folks from like different campuses to come and talk about their campuses to high school uh, students and um, Jessica was our uh, was the one that volunteered for UCLA, and I kind of like that's where we kind of met, but we hadn't like actually met, we hadn't like had a conversation or anything like that. And then like we luckily got like co-facilitated or like actually no before that we 
you had posted something and, you know, it really resonated with me. So I, you know, I DM'd you and we had like a whole conversation about that, but that was like the only time we've actually like, you know, talked outside of like before Dijon. So it was like seeing that you were like my co-facilitator. I was like excited because I was like, Oh, this gets like one, it gets, it forces me to like, you know, hang out with somebody that, that I don't know completely, which was like, all, like is always fun and also scary because you're just like, I don't know what to expect from this person because I don't know this person. But, you know, I think when I was paired up with you, because we've had that little conversation already, I was just like, okay, I already know, like, this is going to be a great pairing. And um, I think, Parvina, you said the same thing about, like, you know, you meeting Harmon. Like, at first, you didn't know, like, who Harmon was. You didn't, <laughs> you were kind of scared of, like, you didn't know how things were going to go. But then, you know, having him there kind of gave you the confidence to kind of, in yourself, to be like, okay, I don't just need to rely on him. But, like, his confidence in me can allow me to basically um facilitate and get a little bit better and not just have to take a backseat so I think those things those kind of stories and those kind of connections maybe they're forced but like we don't like looking back like we don't take it as forced we take it as an opportunity to like meet somebody new get to know somebody and that's how I see see it and I think that's how all of us see it is like you know even though even though we were kind of forced to be together this weekend it's like just these connections outside of it are going to last much longer. And I just wanted to talk about, you know, our theme was about beyond the track and beyond the track can mean so many things to so many people, but the track that we were talking about is like, you know, your parents or, you know, even in high, in school and elementary school, you're told like doctor, lawyer, engineer, like these, like, you know, these famous or like, like put on a pedestal type jobs that like every parent like wants their child to be or like majority of parents because I don't want to put every parent in this in this conversation but you know majority of parents kind of put those jobs as a pedestal albeit might not even know what it takes to get to those jobs or you know might not even know what those jobs really mean but because they know by name what those jobs are those are like that's called like the track and beyond the track is like exploring what's outside of those because there is jobs outside of those three jobs. Um, I hate I hate to break it to you if you didn't if you didn't know that there's just not those three jobs that exist in this world. And you know, whenever I talk to like when my mom was asking me like what I wanted to do and she was like Doctor Nibana, I was like if all of us became doctors, then who would be the patient, right? And so that was like the joke I always made with my mom, and that would be like my way to like you know scurry away from the conversation of like her trying to make me into a doctor. I was like if you know if every parent made their kid into a doctor, then who would be like the patient, right? So. I know that's like the worst way to, you know, like talk to it with your parents, but you know, that was my way of coping with like trying to get away from the track as fast as I could. Um, but I would, I wanted to ask like individually to you guys, because this would be like something that's like, you know, as overall for Nishan itself, like, you know, talk about a little bit about your guys' track, what you guys are thinking, maybe, you know, talk even more about like a little bit about how your track, maybe your thought process kind of changed after this weekend, or if like you're on those like traditional track, like, know is it self-motivation is it motivation from outside you know whatever you guys want to share but it's just it's like this is a great way to like recap the weekend um jessica if you want to start first um just talk about like you know your track how to be how those how that track came to be and yeah i'll let you take it away yeah i mean my situation is kind of interesting i don't know whether i'm on the track or off the track right um, but to give you a little background, so um, growing up, uh, the way that I went into like regulatory affairs essentially and medical devices is that 
I have a younger sister again who's like type 1 diabetic um and this is just like 10 15 years ago we didn't have the medical devices the medical technology to be able to um help people who are type 1 diabetic and so whether that meant you know uh manual uh insulin shots or uh physically poking uh, fingers, uh, lanceting fingers for CGMS uh, or for glucose monitoring uh, every, you know, uh, like every other hour. Um, So I saw like her struggle when we were kids and the way that, you know, it was a struggle for her to live life like normally. But um, as time went on, you know, technology advanced and we have, you know, uh, things like insulin pumps for her to be able to administer insulin normally and uh, CGMS devices for her to be able to avoid those pinpricks like every hour. And so it changed the quality like of her life and like our lives as well, like um, as her family. And so I knew that I wanted to do something in terms of medical devices or biotechnology. Um, So I knew that I wasn't gonna be a doctor, lawyer, engineer. Um, but my mom is also in biotechnology. And so she's the one who kind of told me about this track. Um, so I guess she kind of went off the tracks and I'm following her off the tracks, if that makes sense. Um, but in college, I was, uh, interested in science. Um, but I knew that I didn't want to be like a lab researcher. I didn't want to, you know, spend five, six years doing a PhD doing lab research. And so the alternative to that was that uh, I discovered that I was also interested in business and like law and its intersection with science. And so that's kind of like what regulatory affairs is, um, is basically you are, um, you're working with regulatory agencies in the US, for example, it's like FDA in Canada, it's Health Canada, and you are um, working with those regulatory agencies to uh, ensure that the devices that you're selling um, that you want to put on the market are safe and effective. And so you're trying to explain to them, you know, science in a way that um, that they can understand even without a science background. So you're still using your science degree, um, but you're also keeping, you know, regulations uh, and laws in mind as you're developing the product. And um, you're keeping business in mind because again, this is at the end of the day, it's, it's still business. You are, you're caring for your patients, but you know, uh, it's biotechnology, you have a business to run as well. And so that's kind of what I'm doing. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I don't know whether it's on the tracks or off the tracks. I feel like that's sort of like something that I've had to think about after, um, after this weekend it's it's definitely something that i'm passionate about um but i feel like all the conversations that we had this weekend um were definitely to be consistently thinking about whether um you know your career path is something that you genuinely want to do if you can see yourself doing this in like 10 15 years or you can't and i'm not sure you know i feel like that's something that changed with me this weekend um but we'll see whether I stay on the tracks or, or off the tracks. I don't know, but it definitely, something definitely resonated with me as well this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, beyond the track is not easy, right? And imagine, yeah. and you can just see how much, you know, thank you, Jessica, you know, sharing as much as like you, you just did. And even for you now, you know, graduated from college and you're still, you know, kind of, 
And imagine like, you know, we were trying to take this topic and present it to high schoolers. So our goal wasn't to just like have this level of conversation because we're at a different stage in our lives than the high schoolers are. Like they haven't even started to get on a track. So this is this is why like this conversation is good to bring up as soon as you can. So these high schoolers don't have to go through something or be on a track and then like us get to a point where we start questioning like what we just like the track that we've been on like mm-hmm. that was the, this is the whole goal of Nishan is to have these conversations beforehand before you get on this track so you don't have like a, like some people might regret what they're doing or might some people be like oh I never even thought to explore this or I didn't even think this was a possibility um so that's why like it's it's good to think about you know beyond the track as much as you can even can so Ravina mm-hmm. I'll let I'll I'll throw it to you you've shared a little bit about like you know you just graduated you've talked about like you know the track you're kind of on and like you know just open up more about talking about you know the track you chose why you chose it and is it it like something that you know self-motivated or you know outside of motivated or a little bit of both yeah so I'm on the pre-med track one of the big three um and you know, Nishan Weekend definitely had me thinking um, introspectively a lot. And at first it was really because I heard what a lot of, you know, kids in our community here, doctor, engineer, lawyer. And I was like, doctor seems cool. I guess I'll go that route. Um, so for a long time, I was just going through the motions um, at Davis. I was an NPB major and anyone who goes to Davis knows that that is the pre-med major (laughs) that most people choose. Um, And it wasn't really until maybe like my latter half at Davis where I really got into mental health. I really got into neurology. Um, Since graduating, I've been working in a clinical psychology lab where I work with people with serious mental illnesses like schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, and I just got more and more and more and more into it. Um, and I was like, did I just find my niche that, you know, medicine isn't something that I'm just going through the motions anymore. It's something that I actually want to do. Um, and, you know, so it's something that really started out as not really my choice that absolutely has become a passion um, just because I met so many people who are like, yeah, we need more Punjabi speaking professionals in the mental health field because you know mental health is in our community people in our community face those difficulties um but there's not a lot of us in that specific field and when someone comes in say who doesn't speak English very well they'll bring in sometimes people who speak Hindi as kind of a good enough interpreter because there's no one who speaks Punjabi who's available um And so even, you know, being on the track per se, um, you still get what I would call critiques as to, oh, you're, you're on the track, but you're not on the track enough as you should be. You know, people have these ideal timelines of, oh, you graduate high school, you get college done in four years and boom, you go straight to medical school. Um, I did college in six years. I'm in my third gap year. And by the time I get to med school, it might be four or five gap years. Um, And I've heard, you know, people in our community say, well, why are you taking so long? Um, Even just choosing something like psychiatry, people are like, well, why don't you do cardiology? It makes more money. 
um, why don't you do neurosurgery? It makes more money. So a big thing I took from this weekend is even within the tracks that everyone, you know, everyone's always talking about, there's a certain way to be on the track to meet everyone's expectations. And instead of putting all that pressure on yourself, instead of carrying the weight of those expectations, it's like, do what you want to do. Because even if you're on a track that people think is desirable, nine times out of 10, you're not going to be the perfect pre-med. So it's like, just do you. And people having that energy all weekend was just really rejuvenating to me. Yeah. And I think you you touched on a very key point about, you know, finding a middle ground. Um, I think sometimes we get lost in trying to find that middle ground. And sometimes we let outside motivation motivate us more than our self-motivation. And you won't know what's what's best for you until you try something out. Like you can always think like, oh, maybe this will be best for me or this will be best for me. But like until you do it, you won't know what that actually means or anything. And this like false narrative of you do high school, you do your undergrad in four years, you do your grad school in four years, immediately following. It's like you do grad school, like immediately following. But it's difficult to even get into a grad school these days. It's not like it's not as easy as it's made it made out to be. And sometimes some people are just not ready to go jump straight into a grad school. Right. Because a four year of undergrad, like I'm in my last year of my undergrad. So I'm. And then, you know, with this pandemic, it's been a whole different ride of an undergrad, like nothing comparable to like anybody like that's come before. Um, and it's like, and that's in terms of like outside settings, right? And nothing to do with like my own personal journey, right? So it's just been difficult and I'm like burnt out to a point where I'm just like, you know, just to keep telling myself only a couple more months, a couple more months. And then, you know, I'll be done with my undergrad and we'll see what, what happens after that. Uh, but Mokul, I just want you to, cause you are third year in, in college, like you said, and you already said you're already starting to have the, you had these conversations even before Nishan. So I just want like, you know, it's always good to have these conversations, right. But what's something that you took away or like, you know, talk a little bit about your track that you had maybe going into it. Maybe you're kind of questioning it now, or like, what's your track right now? Uh, yeah. So I'll kind of talk about my like track, kind of where I'm at first and then I'll kind of connect it back to what the weekend was like so um, actually originally when I got into UCLA like I said I'm studying economics but I was originally bio I was on that pre-med track um, but I had switched pretty much week zero before school even started because that whole summer I kind of spent reflecting like man do I really want to do this because my whole life I had grown up hearing in in turn convinced myself that I had to be a doctor and like this is the only thing that I'd be able to do and like it was the only like right thing to do I guess um and so that uh at the start of like my freshman year I considered I kind of moved into a space where I kind of considered myself a creative or in that area and so I got involved with like marketing and advertising orgs and positions where I could get like experience with that and um but lately uh like I mentioned I had talks with Harmon prior to the weekend um I've been sitting in my economics classes now um like where the low level job example is always like, or a simple example to help explain theory is always the Uber driver. And like my dad used to drive Uber. My dad drove a taxi for like 25 years, something like that. And it's crazy to think that like the theory that they're teaching at these institutions kind of uh, governs the livelihoods of people like my dad, but kind of boils them down to just a variable or doesn't really kind of 
just one variable at that and sometimes it doesn't even include their experience at all and so specifically like one class that i'm taking right now um organizational economics has like a lab aspect to it where we analyze like businesses and corporate execs come and facilitate discussions and it's really the conversations that we've had in those classes really have opened my eyes to how disconnected these execs are and also even peers and my classmates are to like my personal lived experiences and my family's experiences and it's kind of made me question like is this like something that i really want to actively be like perpetuating i guess like you know and so to kind of connect it back to the weekend this, the beyond the track aspect really confirmed i mean the timing was really perfect too like having just had these conversations with harman it really confirmed for me that i some where i belong is kind of beyond this track and uh to take it even one step further i would consider that like business is the next step in that ladder i think maybe like dr laura engineer business i'm not sure that's just how i would put it but it doesn't really stop there and like the work that jagata movement is doing whether that be uh, with the community directly or conferences like nishan and things like that um, that's something that i've kind of uh really felt aligned to this weekend and uh their work really is inspiring me and kind of what I want to do. And I'm definitely still finding myself and like where I want to go from here, but like based on the experiences I've had, even in the past few months alone, uh, are really kind of shaping uh, what kind of is to come next. Yeah. And, you know, again, like I said, I've been a part of Jakarta for, for numerous of years now. And when I started, I could count like all like the community organizers on one hand. That's how few they were. And now like, it's, I want to say it's around like 13, 14, 15 community organizers. But on top of that, there's, you know, you have your labor rights um, Jakarta team. You have your housing Jakarta team. You have your uh, redistricting uh, Jakarta team. So there's so many other like job opportunities that have been created. Even now there's more job positions open in Jakarta. So like there's still so much left to expand to. And we're like, we're just like, we're just reaching like the the epic like the the climax of this because like i said in the last three or four years is how many like previously has how many of these jobs have opened up and as we go further along just more of these opportunities are going to open and i said not just going to be only in jakarta but that's all always like also in in our community as a whole because there will be other organizations there'll be other um orgs that you know come into the space or like try to expand the space just as jakarta has done and they've kind of let laid out a kind of a groundwork for it so this in our community is so like we kind of underestimate how large our community is um punjabi is the third most uh spoken language in the central valley uh behind english and and spanish so it's like that just gives goes to show you like how many punjabis are in the central valley and that number just gets bigger as bigger as you you know include the bay area you include socal so it's there's a lot of work that needs to be done in our communities and it's, it's like it's events like nishan it's events like lilkar which is our collegiate um conference that, that happens in june these are the these are the events that kind of have like help young um folks like ourselves and even high schoolers and even folks that are past college um kind of get back and do work for the community and that's something that when i was picking what I wanted to do as a career or whatever, this didn't exist as a career option, or I didn't even think about this being a career option, but, you know, seeing how much 
like work has been done in the last couple of years, it's being viable that this is a field, this is a career path that you can choose and you can still survive. Like the money's obviously there's going to be better jobs out there with better pay. That's always going to be something, even if you go down any route that you do go end up on, there's only some jobs that you get like the higher like epsilon of like money. But other than that, like you're always going to be searching for the higher paying job. And especially in this field, it's, it should be like, you should value the work more than the pay. And that's how you like, we try to, that's what I was preaching to like my high schoolers or anybody that I was speaking to. Like, you know, I was like, money is always going to be there. Like, you know, there's different ways to source income, not just through your own job. There's other sources of income that you you'll find as you grow up. So just don't let that be the, the main reason why you get into a job or you go follow a career because at the end of the day, like you'll get bored or you'll get frustrated or you'll live in regret of what happens if you didn't really enjoy the journey or enjoy what you're doing, but you just looked at the dollar signs at the end of the day. So that's what I would like. That's what I took away from the weekend. And this is what I've been taking away for like the last couple of years since I joined Jakarta. And like Moko, like you said, like there's so many opportunities even now that are open and then just, you know, going in the future, there'll just be more opportunities like these that open up. But I think we'll, that, that was kind of, I know we can talk forever about Nishan and we can talk about forever of like what Jakarta means to each of us, what like, you know, all these experiences, all the stories that we heard. Um, but we are hitting almost like, I think past an hour almost now, but I just want to say thank you to all three of you guys for, you know, taking time out of your guys' busy schedules and joining me and, you know, hopping on this episode. It's really, I think this, the you three kind of embody what Jakarta is trying to do going forward is bring in people from different walks. Like, you know, Moko, you're in, you're still in your undergrad. Jessica, you just graduated. Praveena, you know, you've graduated and had a couple gap years. So, you're, you know, you're kind of removed from like, from co- like college and school, but however, they're like, you still were brought into Jakarta in some fashion. And that's something that I think speaks volumes is like, you know, all three of us have different, all three of you guys have different like like points in like life right now, but you guys are all a part of Jakarta and you guys were all a part of Nishan. Um, but if there's anything you guys, any of you guys want to say, maybe closing statements, anything you guys want to share. Um, lastly, any like closing remarks of Nishan? If not, then we can just end it. <laughs> um, I think one thing that I wanted to say is um, just for like the high schoolers that might be listening in and kind of debating whether or not to go to Nishan or uh, coming back to Nishan or even coming back as volunteers or facilitators, like specifically for high schoolers <laughs> right here. But um, I think that looking back at it, not having been a participant of Nishan at all, just kind of coming in first time facilitating, I think that. I really wish, like I mentioned this before, that I had I had these conversations as a high schooler. My friends did, my com- like people from my community did, and um, I encourage them to just engage as much as they can at the event, and then you know t- take the things that they're learning and discussing about, and extend that to their community and continue it, and like the things they're doing at their high schools or whatever is um, that might be. But just make the most of those experiences because like they're really irreplaceable. Uh, even at like looking back backwards as a facilitator, it's um it's a really unique experience. Yeah, I mean like bouncing off of that, uh, the conversations that we had in these spaces weren't easy. I mean, there were a lot of, you know, 
awkward silences and 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 deep silences um and but you know just being vulnerable in these spaces and seeing that you know students were open to open to having these kinds of dialogue um it kind of made me hopeful for like the next generation that you know that we are willing to introspect and look within us and you know start to see where we can break these intergenerational cycles and the work that we can do um but yeah this this weekend was inspirational to me too like i think you know you, you can feel the energy you can feel the love and um it gives you hope for the next generation to see how you know we'll come out having had um talked about these things yeah and just um echoing those points if you're feeling hesitant about going if you don't know anyone coming in um definitely i would say take the plunge and do it and you know come to Anishan because that connection you feel with everyone that welcoming kind of environment that's created the the conversations we had the relationships that you make um, the mentorship you can get from your peers and from others is just something that's invaluable um so there's really only things that you can gain by coming to Nishan. Yeah, totally. And, you know, I'll, I'll just speak quickly about that as I think Nishan for high schoolers is, is unique, but because there's nothing else out there during your high school years, like it, you won't have, you won't have this opportunity to go away for a weekend to, you know, go stay at a hotel for a couple of nights with, you know, your friends from, you know, your high school or from, wherever or if you have if, if you're coming as like you know knowing nobody and you're like worried about oh how will I'll be accepted I know the three three of you shared like this was your first time it was daunting coming in but like you guys were immediately welcomed and immediately felt like you guys were at home and you know never for a second when you guys were there question you know anything about like oh I'm not welcomed here or I feel like I feel uncomfortable and it's like you hit the ground running and you were just immediately just and even like a random stranger that doesn't know you yet just, you know, starts opening up or starts talking to you or wants to get to know you. So like, that's what Nishan is. And that's what even for, you know, if, if for those high schoolers that are your seniors and this was your last Nishan, um, look into the Lakar, which is in, in June, which is our collegiate conferences where, you know, the topics are a little bit more in depth, a little bit deeper, but allows you to kind of reconnect with those folks that, that you met at Nishana maybe that are like also seniors that are all the, that are graduating at the end of this, this school year. And then you can build those relationships as well as meeting new people, because we have a lot of, you know, differing people that come to Nishan and we have a lot of, you know, people that only come to the Lagarde. So it's always a great experience for both of them. And like looking back at my years with Jagata, like those are the two times that like I can say, like I can look back at that year. And those are like the two highlights of my year is in the beginning of the year, we have Nishan in the middle of the year, we have Lagar and like both of them are just amazing because you, it, it's just basically Nishan, but just for college people. So it's just like that one step where you can get a little bit more freedom. You're going to get a little bit more deeper conversations and yeah, so definitely look out for that if you're a high school senior and you're graduating and feel free to, you know, always reach out to our podcast here. We can always, you know, help with anybody and I'm feel free. I'm always free to help and talk to anybody and support anybody. 
um, for a future episode, please uh, contact us. We'll love to have, you know, you come on and share your experiences. If anybody's, you know, part of Nishana wants to t- come on and talk about their experience. But um, yeah, this is on YouTube. I hope you guys enjoyed the video version. And if you're listening on our audio platforms, again, thank you for the constant downloads. And yeah, we're on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. So if you, any of those and on a different um, podcast platforms. So if you, if you use any of the different podcast uh, platforms, you can find us on there. Just look up the JMC Chronicles. We pop up on all of those sites. Um, but without further ado, I think that's going to do it for me. I just want to say one last thank you to you three for joining again. And I think this episode was really, um, really for me, opening because again like i said this can i can get caught up in like going through the process because it was supposed to be my fifth one but seeing it from like a first person like first person like a point of view for like the first time kind of refreshes everything for me it makes me excited for the future but um yeah with that i'll say goodbye and why did you get called why did you keep